0: A Podcast One Production. Today, planes, trains, and automobiles. When you think about it, there aren't really that many kinds of vehicles we use to get about the place. But that's not for lack of trying on the part of certain ambitious designers whose vehicles have been left to rust in history. We are going to look today at doomed transport inventions. And we'll be asking our panel of non experts are they? Cats Pajamas. Or Cat Piss with The Chaser. Here we are, Andrew Hansen here talking doomed transport inventions with Craig Rewcastle, Dom Knight and Charles Firth. Guys, first of all, we are going to assess the Roper Steam Velocipede. Now, this was uh, essentially the world's first motorbike. It was kind of just looked like a bicycle, really. And it was invented by a guy called Sylvester Roper. He was from Massachusetts. And he put this thing on the road to try it out in 1869. Mm. looks like a bike. The difference was it was steam-powered. So you had this kind of box between the two wheels of the bike, if you can imagine. So they'd be between your legs while you were riding. Mm. And this was a firebox. Firebox? Uh, And so what what you did while riding is you would feed charcoal (laughs) into the firebox, (laughs) which heated up the steam (laughs) cylinder, and that would propel the bike... Along. Now, uh, what do you think of that as an idea?
1: Yeah, I, I can see one minor flaw immediately. Uh, I presume you burned your balls off every time you went riding.
0: <laughs> well, no, apparently not. Uh, like, th- this was tried out and you could actually ride. I mean, it, it might have felt a bit hot, I imagine. But um, nobody's balls were actually burned off. Like, it was possible to ride this thing okay. around. So that, that, that wasn't um, its flaw. Well, hang on. So well, y-
1: tell us more about. Shoveling bits of hot material into the firebox while you're going down the street. No, no, no. I, I mean, feel... when you put coal in something initially, it's not hot. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the burning process is. This is why Dom's coal station hasn't been working, <laughs> power station. Why He's putting being, really hot coals in I there. I thought you had tongs and you had to sort of put, put things into the, like, into the no, firebox. No, the, the coal starts cold. Oh, I see. Okay. And it's the burning process that creates steam. Well, my understanding of science is cat's <laughs> piss. <Yes. laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not saying I, this is a bad thing. I'm offering it to you. know This, I, this I, thing worked. I think like, this is cat's pyjama. I don't see any problem with this. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, it sort of surprises me that we don't have it today. I mean, we've got plenty of coal under the ground. We should just be mm. digging it up and using it. But you mm. like the lime bikes, Charles, which are much the same thing with a mm. battery on the back. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're very, very bur- similar. They don't burn your balls. W- was the problem? Was that the problem? Was that was that the uh, the Roper steam velociraptor or something? Velocipede, or Whatever. It was? <laughs> velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> A <laughs> steam-powered velociraptor it Was the problem that it was initially put out as a share bike and everybody threw them in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Where they sank with the coal. <laughs> so do you know um, why it didn't take off then, Andrew? If, if, if we, we all think, think it's cats' you know, pyjamas. Yeah. As
0: far as we could tell, it was kind of, you know, with, the, with a lot of these these things, you know, we, we, ro- we drive cars and planes and stuff, largely because the inventors of them were just lucky enough to get mm. backers, you know, to get financial backers. So, you know, there's no good reason really that this... Steam bicycle didn't take off, except it didn't didn't really I'm, get enough funding. I'm wondering about um, how easy it was to
1: regulate the speed, because I know with steam engines, like they went go very quickly on the on the tracks, yeah. and it, it's not it's not always possible. I think to, to 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 control the speed of a steam engine, you kind uh, of got to put, put the fuel mm. in at a different rate. So I can't I can kind of imagine that if you're riding this bike down George Street and you can't get up to a pair of uh, like to red lights. You can't stop because you've got all this incredibly hot... Well, fuel what, in there, no, zooming you, just, you
0: along. You just reach into the furnace <laughs> <laughs> and pull some <them> coal out, <laughs> but they'd probably be cold by then, Dom, right? <laughs> yeah. The the actual answer to that, Sylvester thought of everything. It's got a throttle on the handlebars and a braking system, so it's a you know, motorbike basically. So, yeah, it essentially was. And, and apparently, this guy is is like idolised by motorbike, you know, bikey aficionados. Mm. They think this dude is like the Jesus of motorbikes. He kind of just came there first. Yeah, 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 I did. yeah. what? what Motorbike did Jesus invent? No. Yeah. Um, the the, it, the Jesus steam velocipede. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing that may, though, have, have harmed this was the the inventor. He didn't do a great service to this particular bike because he was demonstrating a new model of it in 1896, mm. and he accidentally switched off the steam too early, uh, which caused the bike to crash, and he had a massive heart attack and died. Oh. So you know that, that could have not been a good look for the his brand.
1: Did they did they edit that out of the ad? <laughs> or they left that bit in because I think they may have affected sales. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, uh, from steam bicycles to railways. Now, well, I say railways. It's also sort of part aeroplane, really, because mm. this one was designed by George Benny in the twenties, nineteen twenties. A guy called George Benny. Uh, first of all, he had no qualifications at all. He, he wasn't an engineer. He didn't really know anything about science or whatever. But he still he still designed this thing. It's called a railplane. And it looks like a train carriage, but it's got a propeller at one end. So like like an, you know, like an a biplane sort of propeller at one end of it. Mm. And it's attached to a rail like a train track, but the rail's above. So you know those cool roller coasters where you sort of hang down and the rail's actually above your head? Oh, yeah. It, it was like that. And he built this test track that was quite long. There's quite amazing pictures. If you look up Benny the Railplane, which became his nickname, was yep. the guy George Benny. <laughs> Benny, Benny the Railplane. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can see a picture of this sort of propeller-powered train. Yes. It's and kind the, of like a, a monorail.
1: It's like a monorail where the rail is above it but it mm. has a, a kind of helicopter rotor at the front or a plane rotor at the front. Sounds awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not bad. And look, the, oh, my God, I can't believe this didn't work because this one, apparently this didn't end up in Darling Harbour.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's true.
1: That's a huge surprise. <laughs> oh, did it actually
0: get you from point A to point B? That yeah, might that, be why. That may be. <laughs> well, it did. Uh, though in theory, it could go over three hundred kilometres an hour if you put a big enough propeller on. Mm. And the cool, the cool thing was, you could actually switch to a smaller propeller if you wanted to, to go more slowly and go around the city. And and also just you know, be part of the Australian Trade Network. Yes, right, (laughs) yes.
1: Maybe that's why it didn't take off because the the big rail companies that were already there didn't want something that was really fast. Yeah, actually that is exactly why it didn't happen is it, it probably wouldn't inexplicably stop... (laughs) <laughs> just at random points
0: <laughs> between stations. He's is is <laughs> with, 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 be with a, a garbled train. announcement yeah. <laughs> passengers. <laughs> yeah. He forgot to put that feature in. It,
1: it also seems <laughs> slightly dangerous, like just from a perspective of a driver, if in order to slow down you had to get out and take off the large propeller, <laughs> put on a smaller one <laughs> at speed. <laughs> <laughs> How did you slow it down? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: All right, let's check out now from 1884. Hang on, sp- hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, no, are you, you want, it, you hang want on. to assess further on these? Uh...
1: So far, it's it's cat's pajamas. But you haven't. What, why did this not take off? Why? Why is this not the way I travel to
0: work? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's the same with a lot of these things. He couldn't find the backers. Mm. Yeah, the, the poor old George Benny, he, he wanted to find somebody to finance this, you know, engineer with no qualifications to build a propeller-powered train when there were already trains but it, and he couldn't a, find any. Yeah. Is one of the problems that it was hung in the air and so
1: you had to sort of jump up to get on
0: it. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> yeah. It does look very high, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Unfortunately,
1: they hadn't invented ladders or stairs yet so you <laughs> yeah. couldn't get up to it. <laughs> it is pretty extraordinary. remember I mean, hope springs eternal. If you're a rich investor and you like the idea of kind of a submarine mounted on an upper rail with a propeller Mm. on the front, you could still build this thing. Why not? Surely Mm. in China someone will actually build this thing. Elon Musk could
0: build this. (laughs) He would (laughs) when he's stoned. (laughs) Well, let's take a trip now to 1884 and look at the spherical Velocipede. Now, this was basically the first ever, as far as I can tell, the first ever Zorb ball. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) It was kind of, you know, those Zorb balls. That's pyjamas. Yeah, those big sort of clear plastic balls that that are from New Zealand and you put people in them and roll them down a hill. But this was proposed in 1884. We don't know who invented it. As a genuine form of transport, it was this great big ball that a person, it was big enough for a person to get inside. Mm. And unlike a Zorb ball, this one actually had a, a rod in it, So it had this kind of rod that stretched from one side of the ball to the other and you'd sit on this rod mm. uh, and just walk around with your feet and the ball would roll along and you would lean in what direction you wanted to go and get rolled along so, so hang, the road. What do you think of that? Hang on a second. So you just got in the ball yeah. and you
1: still just walked along. Yeah, so yeah, so it's so, yeah, so a walking powered. It's a walking See, you powered you will, piece of, of no transport. Why, between, why wouldn't you just walk? Well, presumably <laughs> going downhill, it'd be quite fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Would, but how would it? you stop and going it Going uphill would be, it would be really excruciating. You'd have all the extra weight <laughs> to absorb. Uphill would be impossible. But can
1: you imagine, like, <laughs> uh, like being a, in a giant? snooker ball going down a hill and sort of careening <laughs> off various objects. Yeah. It would be very entertaining for a Funniest Home Video Show it, compilation, but not does, much fun. It does seem that it just found a way to make walking more dangerous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I want to know is
1: the 18, what did you say, uh, 1884,
0: the ad. Yeah. Well, at least the, the, the newspaper advert that, okay. that exists is from 1884. So plastic hadn't been invented by then, had it? Oh, no, it's so, not glass, is it? So mm.
1: what is it made
0: of? Good question. Yeah, no, you're right. I actually I have no idea. I haven't been able to find out what it was made of. I did wonder the same, like, because presumably you had to be able to see out. Yeah. They didn't have safety like, glass in those days either. That yeah, would be a I death guess. trap. Yeah, maybe that 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 could possibly
1: explain shards, why it didn't take off. Shards, shards of glass. <laughs> <laughs> but not only that, is it? How would you get in a sphere, <laughs> a sphere of glass? <laughs> <laughs> you, they would have to take you into the factory and blow. Get somebody they to would. blow a ball around you, and then you'd have to walk around. And imagine it. the crash
0: between two of the balls at high speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, if everyone was in, like if this became really oh. popular, there were
1: hundreds of these oh. things smashing around. <laughs> this is this is a great event. I, the, right. Has
0: anyone ever been in
1: one of those? A Zorb. But, uh, but I've been in the one where they had this for a while, <laughs> actually at Darling Harbour. No. Of course. Um, where you go basically, there's a pool. Yeah. Like, it's like a little pool, yes, and you stand in. you've been to, in that? Yeah, yeah. So, did you find it was. Literally impossible stand up for more oh, than two seconds. And so exhausting. It's yes. like the most exhausting thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and it was on quite a hot day. And you sort of think, oh, there's water, it'll yeah. be cool. But instead, you, you put in this. <laughs> Plastic ball of heat yeah. <laughs> sort of yeah. absorption. And so it's like 48 degrees. And you're, and you're so tired and you're painting so much that you're sucking all of the oxygen out. And you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you don't want to leave the ball because yeah. when you do, you're in Darling Harbour. And, <laughs> yeah, and you, right. But you're waving for help and they're sort of waving hey, back hey, going, man. oh, he wants to have longer. Mm. Mm. And I'm, the worst thing is obviously they would have scrapped it by then because no one can stand up in it. But for the fact that, of course, four-year-old children, yes. Yeah. Can just, they're standing next to you just running, jogging in it normally. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I'm True just thinking, enough. though, that this product could have a second life, potentially is a really exciting way of doing the lotto draw. Like if you start everyone in different numbers at the start of the race and they all go mm. racing off and mm. whoever comes first, that's the draw. Some of them would die, but it would be worth it for a great draw.
0: It would mm. be good. That's a <laughs> <really> good <laughs> that's idea. The, call it the spherical velocipedo lotto but <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I'm not sure if it was Velocipedo. I think that was a different
1: invention. <laughs> <laughs> Velocipedo, he works fast.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, so yeah, look, okay, cats piss on this one for me, Andrew. Uh, it doesn't mm. sound like that really nailed the design.
0: Mm. Charles, were you, cats' pyjamas, cats' piss on that yeah,
1: one? Yeah, uh, look, this is cats' pyjamas. I really, <laughs> really want to see <laughs> just the shards of glass splintering people's faces. Yeah, catch pyjamas if to.
0: Charles does it. Catch yeah. piss if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tommy. That's good to know. All right. Well, um, what do you think of this? Now, we've, we, we've all tried the monorail because we, we're all from Sydney and grew up in the 90s and it's one of the only places in the world that thought it was a good idea to have a monorail. Mm. But uh, back in 1907, there was a guy called Louis Brennan who invented uh, a type of monorail... That was very, very delicate indeed. Uh, this was essentially that the, the train carriage was placed on a single rail, and there was nothing to stop the carriage just falling <laughs> to, to the left or the right <laughs> until it got up speed. But the way that he the way that he dealt with that, you know, kind of like a bicycle, you know, like you oh, can't yeah. just stand oh, still yeah. on a bicycle. The mm. way that he dealt like that was that he put two gyroscopes, one on either side, to keep the thing upright even when it was stopped. So it has these two sort of gyroscopes. Mm. And that means you can you can come to a stop and as long as there's no power failure, the train carriage will stay nice and upright for you at the station. What, what do you think of that? <laughs> I like the fact that somebody
1: would have to send, sell a train with a little asterisk and said, as long as there is no power failure, <laughs> this will work. Look, this it uh, sounds dangerous. So if, if there's a power failure, if the gyroscopes stop working, basically your train is guaranteed to topple over.
0: It'd be exciting. It'd be very exciting. But, but, you know, this was 1907. I mean, people were very positive and and optimistic, looking forward to, you know.
1: Yeah, because when the lift, uh, just as a side note, when the lift was first invented mm. um, and they had skyscrapers that were like 13 stories tall, Mm. um, they used to average uh, one death a month for office buildings mm. in terms of, you know, the lifts failing and, mm. and people plummeting oh, into their dead. Earth. And it was just sort of seen as, oh, well, that's the cost of having skyscrapers. Yeah. Well, did you know, actually, that the Trump Hotel in Washington mm. it was built as the post office for Washington, D.C.? And when it first opened, it's quite tall, so they had an early elevator in there. The postmaster himself fell down the shaft and died. So it must have been quite common because the post office still moved in after that. Can, can I just <laughs> ask a question, Andrew? And, and you're not the inventor of this. I understand you were not. Was his name Leo Brennan or whatever it was? Or Louis Brennan? Mm-hmm. Louis. Louis Brennan. Louis Brennan. Sorry. Like, so when he came up with this, why did he think it was easier to put two gyroscopes in <laughs> than to just put two
0: sets of wheels on? Yeah, look... <laughs> I haven't spoken to Louis. I can't, I can't speak from the grave, Craig. All I can, all I can offer you is his design, well, like, what, and what, it's up to you to judge. <laughs> well, wheels really expensive, but gyroscopes are just a dime a it dozen thought, back then? I mean, the thought I had is that it would be cheap. Wouldn't it just cost like half as much to, have though, a single to build rail. a railway? Because mm. if you're going to build a whole railway network, you've only got to build one metal track instead of mm. two. It's, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I guess you've got to judge it by the standards of the day, though, because it sounds a
1: bit stupid and dangerous, but not nearly as stupid and dangerous as as having a zeppelin full of flammable hydrogen, which they also had in this period. Mm. So compared to that, it's genius. It's total cat's pyjamas. Yeah. But compared to today, nah, stupid. Plus we are, we know all monorails are white elephants now anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, one person who thought it was cat's pyjamas was Winston Churchill. Oh, yeah. He rode around the demonstration thing in uh, 1910 mm. and he said he thought it was cat's pyjamas. He would have been did pissed he? though. So did he come up with the idea of... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. He was Come doing. Yeah. He was doing a podcast. Actually, he was. Yeah. He had to assess various strange forms of transport. And <laughs> yeah, No, the This this seems cat's piece to me. I'm not with with
1: with Mr. Brennan on the My gyro God. monorail. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Gyroscopes
0: are cool, though. <laughs> All right, now uh, Arthur Hotchkiss is a guy from America. A lot of these inventions come from America. They're great at inventing strange forms of transport over there. This this guy combined the railway with the bicycle mm. to create what became known as the bicycle railway. Brilliant, and, <laughs> catchy name, but uh, not such a catchy product. Didn't last. But uh, now this one was built on a single rail that ran along the top of a a long fence. And the fence was about three kilometres long. It was in New Jersey that this guy Mm -hmm. built this thing. And basically... Well, it was kind of like a bicycle, but it was clamped onto the rail. At the time, you know, and this 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 was about, about hundred years ago or so. I think um, bicycles were really crap and very hard to ride. Much more difficult to ride than they are now. Were they all penny farthings in those days? <clears throat> yeah, there were a lot of penny far, you know, and that sort of stuff, and they were stiff and difficult. Whereas this one was easy because you didn't have to have any sense of balance. You could just sit on this. Rail, power, sort of bicycle on a rail. It had two two wheels that ran along the way. You had one wheel in front of you, one wheel behind you, yes. and you would just roll along the fence. Um, uh, what do you I, think I, of this? I, I think it's. A, I just look this look, up, Andrew. And so the, <clears throat> the weird thing is that
1: the wheels are above the seat.
0: So you're, They are, that's right. So you've yes. got a, literally a wheel actually in front you're of you. You're yeah.
1: sitting on the actual... You're sitting exactly on the height of the actual rail and the wheels are above. Sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be... It, it does seem very uncomfortable. Part of the genius of the design of the bike, bicycle, I suppose, is that the handlebars permit the rider to choose any direction <laughs> rather than simply just <laughs> going along in a straight line. But yeah. I guess compared to crap bicycles of the day, it might have been better... But then again, now that I think more about it, that's much safer than riding a bike in a city today. I mean, sure, okay, you can only go in one direction along this weird fence and the wheels above your head, but that's better than being collected by a truck, as so many Sydney siders, as so many uh, Australians are when you try and ride in our completely bike unfriendly cities. Mm. It does seem strange, though. Like, so if you wanted to go anywhere else other than directly where this three kilometre fence went, you couldn't do it. And presumably you can only go one way as well because if you went back the other way, you'd crash into people. Yeah, well, this, this
0: a was a, a disadvantage, Craig, so, uh, so of basically. the design, was that he it never seemed to occur to him to build two rails. Uh, so, And his idea, he actually explicitly had an idea, which was that if, if you were coming towards somebody headed the other direction, you would both stop and one of you would unlatch your bicycle from the rail <laughs> and let the other go. Go, and then, you'd, then you'd then you'd clamp your bicycle oh, back
1: yeah, on, they, they so they you mean. can unlatch the bike. You could, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this is cat's pajamas for me then, because I was worried that they were sort of permanently fixed to the rail, in which case you can't throw it away into the harbour. <laughs> yeah. um, but if yeah. you can throw it away into the harbour, then, <laughs> then cat's it's, pajamas. I love that. This has become the conception. Of bikes to people now, ever since
0: share bikes came in. Yeah. Like we, we've forgotten we used to ride them. <laughs> yeah. But you say it was only 3Ks, Greg, but the idea was that, that this guy, I think, I, as far as I can tell, his vision was that you would have put rails along the top of every fence in the entire world. Oh. So you could actually ride these, you know, you, you just ride along fence tops. Wouldn't that be great for the Great Wall of China?
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you have
0: to have very wide legs for that one <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, it's right
1: So basically, you know I'm in my backyard, my kid's playing And some weirdo on a bike Always
0: rides past <coughs> Yeah, basically. Well, you know, they're not allowed to hop off into your into your yard. Weirdos walk past. They have to walk past your fence. You're
1: on top of the fence. You can see in. And yes, they would have to hop off because if somebody came the other way, you have to get off and take this what looks like an incredibly heavy bike made of metal off the the track. We could still do this in Australia today with the rabbit-proof fence, though, couldn't we? Wouldn't that be great? It would be a beautiful ride. Bike tourism yes. up and you'd down be, the fence. You'd have to take a lot of water, but lovely ride. You get all the way from one, one mm. end to the other. And How does the bike get back to the other end? It relies on someone else to ride it back the other way. Is, is, it? is, that, is that the model?
0: Uh, look, that I don't know. I don't know if it's a share bike scheme or if you're supposed to own your own. I you own your own I rail bike. <laughs> I don't know. And the other slight drawback, of course, was that um, there were gates, and he, he did admit, he, he, did, he actually <laughs> <laughs> issued a warning. Just make sure if you do ride the bike, um, just keep an eye out for people who've left their gate open. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Yeah, and but no, so, you might have to ask them to close it. But uh, elevated so, bike tracks is, is a good madness.
1: idea. This is it's, just a mad idea. What's also bizarre about this idea is yeah. that that you said at the time they did already have the bicycle. So can you imagine looking at the bicycle and going, oh, "The problem with this thing"? It's just too mobile. The way it can go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. What about if we were to limit that and make it so you crash into other people <laughs> yeah. who are going the other direction? But even guaranteed. Yeah. Even yeah. the concept. It's like <laughs> I just look at a bicycle, I see the perfect perfect vehicles are right on the top of, top of fences. Like that it's <laughs> a very odd insight. Yes, and and, and apparently didn't catch on the odd bicycle railroad um, Council. But yeah. no, sadly not. <laughs> Mind you, I'm I'm in two minds about this. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence on this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> if they Only have made it coal fired, we might have had something to talk about, Hansa. All right, well, yeah, yeah. cat's
0: pajamas for effort. All right, now it was only a matter of time, of course, before um, we have to move on to the military application (coughs) of these transport inventions. Mm. Now, let's begin in the 1770s with a young idealistic uni student whose name is David Bushnell, and he took it upon himself to design what was pretty much the first ever submarine. Mm. This thing was called the turtle and it's like a big pod and it was made of wood, as you would expect any good submarine to be <laughs> made of, <laughs> made of oak. Mm. Um, a guy would sit inside, it could sort of fit one person who'd, who'd, who'd sit in there and sort of pedal it around underneath the water. <clears throat> the idea was that you could attach a mine to the outside of this wooden pod Mm-hmm. Inside, you could turn a crank handle, which would extend the mine outwards so that you could s- sort of leave it on the side of an enemy warship. Oh. The mine had 60 kilos of gunpowder in it. And from the inside, you could strike a little flint so that that would then light oh. the mine and blow up enemy warships. And you'd paddle around in, the, in your turtle and, and hopefully not be seen. Hang on, just a quick question. So when you put the, the mine on
1: the boat, you obviously have to put it above the waterline, don't you? No, no. Well, because yeah. if you had, if you to have you ever tried you to light, light a, a flint no, no, underwater? You no, you you light the flint from inside <coughs> the vessel. Yeah, You're yeah, from inside, sitting in there. Yeah, no, You're, I understand not that. But flood the, flint. The, vessel. the flint itself, you can't light a, a wick underwater. Yes, you can. It's gunpowder works underwater, but mm. there's a flint. No, you, you use the flint to light it from there. It goes <laughs> like it goes out of the. <laughs> like, remember, it's got a little extendy. Charles and it's an is my thing. And Charles extends loves out. it. You're yeah. a fan of this. I thing, think this it? is a genius idea. I think this it? is pretty. good. I mean, I, I I do think it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. as long as it as long as it was able to blow up boats, I think mm. this is good. Well, how how do you get far enough away though from the mine, with the power of your pedalling feet? It wouldn't have like yeah, an long? No, 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 no. It's got an extend. it an extendy thing. A long an extendable fuse. arm, but how extendable? Like, surely it's not more than a couple of meters. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. This. No, like, no, I, it would be it would be like so. Just a long, a very long like, fuse. Yeah, fifty or sixty but, uh, like feet. Like it'd be like ten meters or something. But like that. hang on a sec, hang on a sec. You, we, we forget, we forget, guys. Mm. That even if you're close by and the boat you've just set up explodes, at least you're in wood. Protective, <laughs> 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 very protective. <laughs> I, look, I've <laughs> ridden, I've ridden pedal boats at various ornamental <laughs> lakes around the place. Those are not quick. That's not a quick wave. Oh no, like, like it's slower than but, walking pace. Yeah. That is the worst thing on earth. But who are, are you up against? You're not up against anyone. You don't have to make a break for it. You... You've just blown up their boat. They're all just swimming. You're up against the shards
0: of boats coming in your direction.
1: This is a good point. No, no. What we should do though, I think Charles is right. I think that it depends. You're in a different situation then, Dom. It's like a you know holiday thing. Yeah. What we should do is take Dom down to you know Adelaide down there where they have those little paddle boats. Yeah. And we should put a bomb really near him and see if he's a lot quicker. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. True. This is one way of making
0: Dom fast.
1: Um, um, This doesn't seem much like a turtle, does it? Uh, Look, the great thing about this, this this seems like exactly the kind of thing James Cameron constantly is using, (laughs) you know, to go underneath. (laughs) It's like some single-person pod. I reckon this is is fantastic. This is cat's pyjamas for me, even though I'm sceptical. Knowing you, Craig, as someone who has a lot of aquatic adventures, you're going to build one (laughs) of (laughs) these. That's right. I'm I'm immediately looking on Gumtree for one of these (laughs) ancient submarines.
0: Did, did Australia build their own version of this that didn't quite work? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in the military, they needed tanks and they needed aeroplanes. And back in the 1930s, American and Russia thought that they needed tank aeroplanes. <laughs> so Walter Christie was an American guy who thought that his invention of the flying tank would put an end to all war. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how Brilliant. But, um, maybe because they were just so cool <laughs> basically it, it's a tank with aeroplane wings stuck to the top of it mm. so if you imagine an aeroplane and and instead of the sort of uh, like an old an old biplane mm. but instead of the uh, the part that the people sit in that's just been replaced with a tank with caterpillar wheels even mm. And this could, you know, I think, you, I think go along a runway and take off into the air.
1: I think you had me once you described it's a tank with uh, <laughs> wings. wings on top. <laughs> but I, What I want to know is, like, aren't tanks notoriously slow? <laughs> and heavy. So how do you, how do you get enough speed up with yes. the tank wheels? That's true. To actually get lift yeah. off <laughs> so into get the air? <laughs>
0: mm. Did it That's actually work? It, look, it kind of did work. You know, but and it didn't work so brilliantly that, that they was no more using war. them at all times. But they, they did indeed work. I mean, it, there's even, a, you know, photographs of this thing in the air. And And then isn't one of the other problems that,
1: okay, so even if the tank part is sort of impenetrable, surely if you shot the wing, it would fall down and everyone in the tank would still die. Like, isn't the whole point about a tank that, You know, people can shoot at you and you don't die. You don't die. That's one of the big points. Whereas Whereas if you're in the air, you've got the fatal flaw of just take out the wing, (laughs) not the tail. Like don't aim for the heavily armoured tank part. Aim for the incredibly vulnerable wing. (laughs) Shoot that
0: and then you just plummet to your death. There's always a critic, isn't there? There's
1: always a critic.
0: I think this is a terribly ill-conceived idea. I think it's a good point, Charles. You probably could bring the tank down that way. Well, the, to answer your speed question, um, it, it had some sort of special type of Caterpillar track, um, which the inventor reckoned could go at like 150 k's an hour oh. <clears throat> as long as it was on a perfectly flat, smooth surface like oh, most, most battlegrounds that. would have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. you had an airport. So <laughs> war zones are renowned for their
1: flat surfaces. So it combines <laughs> the versatility of a tank, which can go anywhere, as long as it doesn't <laughs> go anywhere other than a perfectly flat. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, wheel, wheels could have been used, <laughs> couldn't they? <laughs> basically what this allowed you to do is take off yeah. and fly to somewhere and then never get out. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. no cats' pyjamas for, uh, for the flying tank. Look, to like. be honest, no, I'm willing to give a slight cats' pyjamas to Mr Christie. If he actually got this thing off the ground at any point, yeah.
0: bloody well done, son. That's well really done. impressive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it look, looks like he did, but I think it was extremely hard to land, uh, <laughs> Sounds as you imagine, <laughs> from what I gather. And the other mm. slight drawback is that by the time they finally got the technology right to sort of get the caterpillar wheels moving at the right speed and all that stuff, they were already able to just airlift a tank and, and drop it into place. Oh. That's, that's not his of, fault. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of is. <laughs> he, he was the inventor. So basically,
1: uh, the flying tank, not particularly great. Did we give a yes to any – what was the best one really there? I mean – the spherical velocipede didn't get many votes good either. <laughs> uh,
0: but people like the idea of, of the zorbing velocipede. Mm. Um, I think we we had a bit of love, did we, for the, uh, the rail plane. Is
1: that is that right? Yeah, the rail plane looked pretty good. It was an improvement on the monorail. And I'm mm. going to say, the still, yeah. it's bizarre because at the time I thought it seemed like a really bad idea, but looking back, compared yeah. to all the other things, <laughs> the coal-powered bicycle is yeah. actually the real winner here. <laughs> could, could we <laughs> combine them all into one vehicle, like on a rail, it's a giant Zorb with wings and tank treads. Yeah. Now, that's Running Cat's Pyjamas,
0: dummy. That is Cat's But that's the future of transport hmm. right there. I think we've heard it right here on Cat's Pyjamas. And we'll see you another time to judge a whole lot of bizarre and useless things. Cat's Pyjamas or Cat's Piss with The Chaser was written and presented by The Chaser, created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Alex Mitchell. Sound production by Darcy Thompson and Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app, or search Cat's Pyjamas on Apple Podcasts.